Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. So glad to be your host. So thankful you're here with us. We're going to be looking today at the timing of the Exodus. This plays a huge role in archaeology, as which Pharaoh would have possibly been the Pharaoh of the Exodus. And then the chronology, let's say, of Judges even. Joshua, Judges, um, how does this affect the chronology, the archaeological discoveries we find? Would the Bible have an error? You know, if you've got 430 years uh, in one place, 400 years in another, as far as between different settings and captivity, how does this all play out? So we're in the popular handbook of archaeology in the Bible by Holden Geisler, pages 72 and 73, just kind of using that as a base text, and we'll make some comments possibly as we go. And so here's the controversy in that. Again, thanks for being with us today. Uh, critical scholars have pushed the time of Israel's migration to the Holy Land forward to the late 13th century B.C., that's if it happened at all. But let's see what the facts are. So here's how one would answer that. The biblical text indicates the Exodus occurred in the late 16th to mid-15th century B.C. The text says Israel entered Canaan 40 years later. Several scriptures, Exodus 12, 40, 1 Kings 6, 1, Judges eleven twenty six, 26, Acts 13, 19, and 20. And then we come to the Merneptah steel, or stele, depending on how you pronounce it. Then a couple of pods on that, episodes. An official Egyptian government inscription confirms that Israel was already in Canaan by the late 13th century BC, which eliminates any possibility of arguing for a late 13th century date for the Exodus. It seems as well that it, it indicates Israel is a country and not just a a people group, so to speak, in a sense, anyhow. Other plausible solutions have been proposed that make it uh, no longer necessary to accept the late date for the Exodus. First, Donovan Corville has argued that there are about 600 extra years in the Egyptian chronology due to the listing of sub-rulers living simultaneously with Egyptian pharaohs. It seems that could have been a common practice in the ancient Near East and could be at times in the Samuel uh, King's Chronicles era as well. So that's kind of interesting. You know, we have president and vice president. Um, like not long ago, uh, President Biden had a colonoscopy and for a while, just 90 minutes or so, Kamala Harris was president, well, in places where you didn't have presidents per se, it was more monarchies, um, you could have that extended out. And maybe even a better thing would be you get somebody pastor of a church and then he gets bumped up to senior pastor and then somebody else is promoted to pastor and then maybe years later he's promoted to bishop and then somebody else is senior pastor, somebody else is pastor. And so the roles could easily get convoluted when one is writing things down. Previously, these rulers were thought to be successor kings, but now it's possible that they were contemporaneous with other rulers, which would shorten the Egyptian chronology considerably. 
possibly 600 years. When these chronological adjustments are made, it appears that Israelite history and the chronology of Egyptian kings harmonize, including the early Exodus date of the mid-15th century B.C., which the current conservative date is 1446. I, I still haven't seen Usher proven wrong yet. I'm still looking for that, 1491-1492. Second, some have suggested, based on recent archaeological excavation, lowering the date of the Middle Bronze Age to about 1400 B.C. instead of about 1550 B.C., which bring harmony between the fall of the cities of Canaan and Joshua's account of the conquest. Further, the late date of the Exodus could be based on the mistaken notion of the city of Ramses. Exodus 111 was named after Ramses the Great, and there was an absence of building projects in the Nile Delta before 1300 B.C., both of which would make the biblical account of the condition described in Exodus implausible prior to 1300 B.C. These ideas can be answered by recognizing that, one, the name Ramses may be referring to an earlier individual after all. Ramses the Great is Ramses the Second, so there must have been a first... And secondly, Genesis 47.11 describes the Nile Delta region as Ramses, the same place Jacob and family uh, settled. So, you know, sometimes when there's a very famous Ramses in history or any name, you tend to look at that solely. Just ran into that in archaeology. You know, Jesus, obviously, is, you know, God in flesh. There was a lot of other Jesuses, or Yahushua, however you would pronounce it, whether you're speaking Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, Joshua. And so they found a synagogue with the name of Jesus in it. It was a very unusual synagogue. Um, let's see, Sergio and Rhoda, I think it is, on YouTube. I love to watch their YouTube stuff. They're kind of uh, amateur archaeologist, if you could call them amateur, fantastic, in the Holy Land. Well, after doing all this uh, excavation, they finally realized that probably, but not conclusively, but probably, that the Jesus mentioned on the floor of the synagogue is not Jesus of Nazareth, that it was just a Jesus who was a contributor to the building of the synagogue. Other places, like one of the earlier churches they found in Megiddo 225, it says Jesus is God. <laughs> you know, that's hard to refute there. All right. Um, the date adjustments, getting back to the book, considered above would fit nicely with certain Egyptian literary finds. For example, there are parallel accounts of the plagues that occurred at the time of the Exodus. The Ipawar Papyrus, and I've done an episode on that as well, a 13th century B.C. manuscript copy, meaning that the original was written earlier, was discovered in Egypt in 1828. It was translated in 1909 by Alan H. Gardner and found to have a direct parallel to the plagues brought on Egypt by God through Moses and Exodus. And so now, like, if you go to Wikipedia and really downplay that, but it's, it's, I mean, just read it. Just, that's all I ask, read it. It seems so parallel. Meredith Klein has argued convincingly that the critic's 7th century B.C. date for the Deuteronomy should be rejected, 
Rather, Klein argues that the form of Deuteronomy reflects the Hittite Suzerainty Treaty, common in the second millennium BC, the same time period which Moses traditionally considered to have authored Deuteronomy. Remember the first time I was acquainted with that was Moody Bible Institute, and they did a very good job on that. So God bless you. I want to say thank you for being here with us. Maybe make a notebook, journal of things you find interesting every day. Three or four weeks, you'll have a power-packed apologetics library, maybe shorter time than that. And uh, three, four, five, six months, you'll have something that's almost unlike anything anywhere. And uh, I'm just telling you, I, I deal with people on a regular basis on our YouTube channel, New Life of Albany, Georgia, that uh, are atheist and agnostic. They just come on the channel because once you do a video, it's out there for all to see. And I tend to cover what they would consider a lot of controversial subjects as far as young earth creationism and archaeology. But, and I, I mean this in a kind way, and I just mean it in the definitive way, that they're ignorant of these facts. They don't know they exist. And uh, they would interpret them, if they're even acquainted with any of them, in the most far left way possible. And... Uh, and it wouldn't be congruent with the facts at all. They would be allowing, and anybody's in danger of this, allowing our viewpoint to askew the facts. So God bless. Hey, leave us a five-star review. It really helps people find us. And uh, join us daily. Subscribe. And uh, tell your friends and family, church family about us. God bless. We love you. We'll talk with you later. Bye-bye.